0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Master Investors Podcast. Today's episode is the first in a new series entitled The View from the Trenches. We'll be giving listeners an insight into the markets from the vantage point of institutional stockbroker, Hybriden. Each month, I'll be joined by Hybriden director, Neil Pearson, and we'll be discussing all the latest market developments from the coal face in the city of London. Here's the podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening. But before we get started, Please take a few moments to listen to our disclaimer. The value of investments can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. The information in this podcast is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future returns. Hi and welcome to the show everybody. I'm joined by Neil Pearson, who's director at Hybridon. We're going to be talking about the AIM market and specifically the IPO market in just a moment. But to begin with, Neil, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and what you do at Hybridon?
1: Yeah, I'm Neil Pearson. I, I head up the, uh, the corporate broking and, and sales side at, at Hybriden. Uh, I've been going for about 11 years now, purely focused on um, small caps. I guess the, the bread and butter part of that is is raising money for for, for AIM companies agnostic on sector, and, and and yeah, delighted to talk to you today.
0: Good stuff. And we're talking about the IPA market. Obviously, we've seen a, a really big slowdown in that part of the market recently. As I understand it, we're at record lows in terms of the, the number of companies that mm. are choosing to float on AIM. What are the reasons behind that? Well, we've seen a variety of reasons on that, and mainly the companies
1: coming through the door wanting to um, to IPO, I think the first fact is on valuation. I mean, on on market, it has mm-hmm. been an absolute bloodbath. So everything has been sold to high heaven, whether you're biotech or a, a nuts and bolts uh, value-based business. So an investor would, would say to any broker, you know, why on earth would I pay up on a hefty multiple, you know, looking at, you know, 20 to 50 times PE, when I can pick something up, cheapest chips on market, you know, at five times, and you look at some of the valuations uh, that's been happening in the private sphere, you know, as a private business, as an owner of a private business, why on earth would you want a, an exit on the IPO side when you can get something, um, perhaps a bit more, a, a, you know, a higher price with a, a, a PE um, in in the private sphere? Mm. So the the valuations
0: there haven't haven't really really been there for for private companies wanting to IPO. And just from a a private investor's perspective as well, the the IPO market's not necessarily been the best hunting ground for investors, has it? Because, I mean, there's the old saying that a a small cap's only properly valued at at, um, at its IPO and its its, uh, sale, Mm. ultimate sale. So why, you know, for a private investor, why would you look at that market?
1: well it's been incredibly difficult because a lot a small cap ipos the the sentiment behind them is is largely driven <laughs> by large cap ipos and and you look at some of them you know aston martin i think being the biggest one <laughs> has, has been an absolute disaster yeah. you know retail investors tend to tend to kind of steer towards those because they're all well known they're tangible everyone can everyone knows pretty much knows what an aston martin you know looks and feels like rather than raising you know getting into a, a biotech company small molecule when you don't know on earth what it's what it's about yeah and and when those kind of performances of i mean the performance of that and funding circle and you know have you have a huge pe private equity to my first point you know rushing through the door it was a 100 percent vendor sell so there was no new money going into that that ipo so it's 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 kind of an investor's thinking. Why on earth should I invest in that business when the, all the current shareholders are just you know running running for the gates? Mm-hmm. And you know you want to invest in these businesses. It's 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 high risk enough, and you want to invest in these businesses for it to grow. But I think you know in, investors right now, or certainly in the past year, being right. Like, well, hang on. These these IPOs have been an absolute bloodbath. I'm just gonna sit on the sidelines and yes it may run away but you know it could go straight down to ipo price and Mm. drift below you know you're picking up ipos on market a couple of weeks on at a 20 30 discount
0: so in a lot of cases it's 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 easier to sit on the sidelines and just wait yeah
1: well you know saying that thankfully pebble group today ipo'd you know that they raised 79 million quid at 105 and and right now Half one, they're sitting. I think about fifteen percent up on the day, and that was still a secondary. And they had a bit of a vendor sale on on that. I think they raised about just shy of eighty million, and a good a good chunk of that was was to uh, cash out some of the existing holders. Beachbrook and I think Elysian had a partial exit, so about fifty six million off that raise. Was a, was a vendor sale, but still, there's still a lot of new money mm. going in there to, So there
0: is still an appetite out there for the right kind uh, of IPA exactly thing.
1: But but still, you know that that thing that, that's valued at 175 million quid last year. It's got 93 million of revenues, 1.8 million in in PBA, and it, it's in the, the the space of promotional products. So you know that that industry's been around for a long period of time, but it's it's growing well. But still a hefty valuation, and it's mm. it's good to see that positive first day of dealings uh, volumes and performance because all that sentiment, as I said earlier, it trickles down. Yeah. So
0: we, we need those IPOs to work well for others to sit up and go well, you know. May, maybe it's not all doom and gloom. And what what should investors be looking at when they when they're looking at an IPO prospectus? What 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 are the sort of telltale warning signs for? IPOs that they should maybe stay clear of, do you think?
1: It's it's incredibly difficult. So you've got to look at what type of investor you are. I mean, really, there's 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 two types broadly. There's the thematic ones that, that just like to to ride the waves. And and that was last year. So so that was all on the the stuff around the the cannabis, the the the, the blockchain, um, CBD, vegan. So these are companies that are very topical, very buzzwordy. They attract a lot of retail attention, and and these things have flown off the shelf in in Canada, and you know there was a lot of puff on, on around those last year, but you know, none of them have really performed that well. So it, I'm not saying stay clear of those, but but really take them for of the pinch of salt because you can't value those things fundamentally yeah. because really they're they're on they're based on a lot of noise and there's there's, there's no real fundamental analysis behind them. Yeah. But saying that on the other flip side, and we thought this year was going to be a real year for value plays. Um, you know, these are, these are companies that actually sell things, you know, engineering mm-hmm. stocks. But, you know, they've been decimated, you know, purely because there's a lot of uncertainty in the market. You know, there's a huge David and Goliath effect. So these companies are, you know, very small, You know, 10 million market cap. They've got a million of profit. They sell nuts and bolts, but their customers are big blue chip clients. Mm. Who have been affected directly by Brexit, and when those big boys start raining in on their spending, these small companies have get very lumpy contracts. So you've got to be very careful that you know these companies have got market forecasts, and you know they've got to keep the market updated. And if they say one of these big contracts have pushed due to their big customer, you know, being a bit cautious, that instantly means profit warning, um, and it's very difficult for these small companies to. Um, to uh, you know, come back from a profits warning, even though that you know the contract hasn't been lost, it's just moved from the first of December to you know middle of January. Yeah. So it's it it's a very, it's a hugely stock pickers market right now. I mean, you look at some of the the, the oil and gas plays and some of the mining plays. It's a huge shift on momentum. It's almost a trader's market, mm. or for the very brave and patient, just to buy something that you you know conviction believe in, and just don't for God's sake don't
0: look at it for. You know, months. Given what you've just been saying, I suppose the question is: for many of these really small companies, is it really worth having the the public listing? And and obviously, we're seeing the trend mm. towards delistings at the moment. Yeah. What are the implications of that over the long term for the market? Well, it,
1: I, I can completely agree. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of corporates that we speak to have, have said, really, you know, what what is the point? You know, and and we've been through the kind of peaks and troughs of market before, the cost of capital, the cost of running businesses has never been high I mean you look at some of the discounts in placings, you know, have been 80-90% and that's forced companies to do a, a, a be a little bit creative and you see some of the decent companies you know, Crossword cybersecurity you know, a company that we look after, you know, kind of thought well the, the, the placing market isn't, um, isn't that great right now, let's look to the debt market, which is it's not really been a traditional route, and they just did a, a successful one over a million pound um, debt raise, you know, as, a, as an alternative financing route to to really pressing on. Because the worst thing you can do is just, you know, sit on your lulls and say, "Well, the, the market's rubbish; we're, we're not going to do anything." But I think it's it's the market's going through this natural selection process, you know, but advisors as well. You know, there's brokers going under, there's companies that are going under, and it's those that are kind of going to. Be patient and you know, last through these rough times. I, I think they're going to be looked in, in an incredibly different light when we come out mm-hmm. the the other end of it because an investor is going to look at them as we have done before, saying, Good God, you know, you, you've kind of grown in this torrid environment, you've cut back on costs, management have invested in this business, and an investor said, My God, if you can survive and grow in these torrid times, mm-hmm. then you know, your resilient business going forward and we're going to take a
0: serious look at you. Mm. But it's all about patience. You mentioned, obviously, the, the, a lot of brokers are having a tough time at the moment. Yeah. And the regulation's is obviously a lot to blame for that. But what about things such as, obviously, the Woodford debacle, what we've had recently, what impact has that had on the the sentiment towards the financial sector, do you think, in general?
1: Yeah, it's um, uh, it, it's been a huge... Um, huge blow. Um, I mean, first, we had the VCT EIS issue uh, a couple of years ago, which which was a, a huge kick in the teeth for smaller companies because HMRC was saying, right, if you're over seven years old and you don't have you know strong IP, you're deemed a grown-up business. Therefore, you're not really um, suitable for this tax-efficient investing, which is completely ridiculous because if, you know, if you speak to any... CEO that's that's built a business from scratch, you know, within seven years to have meaningful revenues and that wants to be IPOable, you know, that you you've got to be some going. So, you know, if you're not VCTable and you're a small company, during the Woodford era, you know, you there's a huge funding gap between zero and fifty million market cap. Yeah. But what Woodford caused is is a lot of compliance teams to focus at these institutions and all about liquidity. It's mm. like, right, if you run a small cap portfolio, if we get a redemption, how quickly can you get out of these small caps and unfortunately in small caps, it's um, it's a long term view. So if these, these guys have got, you know, even a million pound position in a 10 million market cap company, that's going to cause some huge issues. So a lot of these small cap fund managers, unfortunately, have said, right, we're not looking at anything sub half a billion.
0: But surely this is only an issue for open-ended funds, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. no, exactly. But I, 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 think, unfortunately, it's one of these one-size-fits-all. If compliance teams are going, Christ looked what happened at Woodford, then I think that regardless if you're closed, open, if you run a private client book within a mm-hmm. big wealth management organisation, it, it, it's what the retail distribution review did in in twenty twelve. All about suitability, yeah, uh, and you know, taking out the discretion of a. Of an experienced private client broker and 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 for them to say you know your you know, small caps is is a no-no you can only put them in yeah. in tracker funds so you yeah, from a discretionary advisory basis, it small caps has been incredibly hard for institutions to promote internally unless you market yourself as a pure micro cap fund and and all investors are aware of the risk of that so that's a, a marketing issue on the yeah. fund side as well.
0: And just going back to the the state of the IPO market, because there's a, there's a broader point what I wanted to touch on. How does that link in with the the fact that listed companies in general, all over the world, are you know on, on the decline? Well, they're on the decline. I, I think because liquidity volumes have have
1: dried up, and I think regardless on whatever market. You're you on volumes have dried up, valuations have been depressed. Valuations get depressed; they become quite attractive. You know, takeout targets, but it's it, it's not all bad. You know, it's very easy to say. You know, aims. What what we were, you know, end of um, or beginning of uh, twenty nineteen, we're about nine twenty, and and now we're you know we're significantly lower than that, about eight seventy five. Mm. You know, looking at positively is, is what I said earlier. This is going through a massive natural selection process. There's a lot of companies on AIM that shouldn't be listed. Mm. You know, companies that raise money to, to keep them in the lives that they're accustomed to, big management salaries. Those companies are, are going, and I think that's a good thing. So, you know, what we're going to see at the end of it, less quantity of company, but we're going to see a higher quality because it's those higher quality companies that... That don't use AIM as a as a kind of a lifestyle mechanism, but as really as a as a platform to, to grow. But of course, yeah, yeah, there's there's always going to be um, companies that unfortunately are, who are, are decent companies and, and run out of money for uh, you know the if you can say the, the the right reasons because they're operating in incredibly tough markets. Mm. Um, but I think by and large, this natural selection process on AIM is a, is, is going to be a good
0: thing okay and you still think it's going to be a good year for value investing don't you 2020 you you expected 2019 to be a good year but it wasn't so much but no it's it's, still holding out for 2020 no
1: (laughs) no unfortunately not I I think it's it's been a terrible year for value investors and thematic (laughs) investors really because you know to the point of, of, of value investors when you know these these companies generally have got very big clients you know fortune 100 clients and those guys have been battered by the macroeconomic uncertainty yeah. and, and when these FTSE 100 company clients when they feel the pinch yeah. then their budgets are, are, are strapped and they, they start taking liberties on payment terms and it's very hard for the, the little David to go up to the Goliath and go well you know pay me you're breaching your, your payment terms because yeah. that big company will just go right well, well you know see you later we're going to use one of your competitors and that can these lumpy contracts can very easily very easily create profit warnings mm. and you know it's very hard to recover and you know when you get a profit warning obviously your shares are going to go down very hard to recover in these markets and the end result is that poor fund manager results and what's that's caused is some redemptions in in some small cap fund managers mm-hmm. and so it's been very hard for them to continually to back these small companies when you know they're underlying investors because we always forget that small cap fund managers you know they've got clients themselves that so they're um that they're accountable to, and it's it's very hard for them to to kind of promote smaller companies and promote patients because that word patient capital is is completely ruined right now. <laughs> you know, you'll get slapped in the face if you start
0: talking about It was about a great, great idea, and, you know, the concept it was, it was a concept, good idea, brilliant. wasn't
1: it? But it's, <laughs> you know, at, at what point it does, can it be used as a, as a masquerade for incompetence? You know, yeah. when you're being... You know, you're down twenty percent, and your pension fund that's put in hundred million, and you've been told, "Oh, you're not being patient enough." So it's it's <laughs> unfortunately it's been misused. But all small caps on the value side, you know, you, you have to be, you have to be patient, and you mm-hmm. have to be able to ride these these cycles, which they've done in the past. But it only takes for one Woodford type example for investors, pension fund investors, into small caps become, you know, very, very wary.
0: So the message for 2020 is to tread very carefully then? Yeah,
1: tread, tread very carefully. I, I hope we're going to, you know, we had one solid IPO today in, in Pebble Group. Um, hopefully that ticks up. We just need more more success stories. You know, keep and, and the other thing is that even when companies have released good news, they've just been sold into because investors have been losing money pretty much everywhere on the market so when they see a good bit of nice bit of news market maker tries to get it going you know ratches it up and people just flood it and sell into it and you're releasing million pound contracts and your shares are down 10% on the day so it's hugely frustrating but you know we, we need more of those successes you know there's been you know creo did a did a nice big 50 million raise as, as well recently to you know, branch out into the US, the medical diagnostics business. And yeah, we, we need more of those success stories. It's a, it's a very patient game, but it does, that sentiment does spread because ultimately these, these investors like VCTs, EIS guys, they've got money to spend.
0: And just before we finish, because we've got to talk about it because it's the elephant in the room, what about Brexit? What implications does that have for, for the small cap end of the market <sighs>
1: I'm I'm really skeptical about drawing parallels between macro themes and and small caps directly. The the only parallels and and synergies that I can draw is that their client base, big companies, are directly affected by it. Mm. Yeah. You know, so the big four, the big FTSE 100 companies. Now, in terms of that's the the, the company side, but on the investor side, it, it's just certainty. I, I think people have have lost the will in providing an opinion around in or out and, and what the implication needs, I think that the market is incredibly resilient whatever the, the outcome, we just need that, that certainty. Mm. So sooner the better, so we know, I mean the amount of money wasted on scenario planning is just ridiculous. Now whatever, whatever you know, side of the fence you sit on, it's, it's just all about certainty right now. And, and seeing what a what an exit would look like, so these businesses can plan. Because right now, everyone's, especially investors, are on the go slow. And if mm. investors are on a having a wait and see approach about deploying capital, a company can't receive that capital and execute on its growth plans.
0: And just to finish off because obviously Christmas is coming up, mm. so it'd be nice to have something um, something to be put a smile on your face um, for the uh, the new year. So give us some sort of bright point in the market right now. What your excited about the ipo today i mean the, when was
1: that when was the last time you had a a company raising 80 million quid on aim and, and up 15 percent on the on the first day of dealing yeah. so yeah we, we expect a, you know a nice big santa rally as we as we always um, yeah. as we always look for and and that would just be nice to to leave to leave on a high because it is you you read about you know, what other bro- brokers are saying in the newspapers, you know, you, you've got every cause to be miserable about it. But I, I hope that from what I've what I've said today around this process of natural selection, you know, we are a resilient bunch on AIM and I'm sure yeah. twenty twenty, you know, things will things will start to pick up. There's lots of positives. Yeah.
0: And the company's name again. Just one more time. Pebble. And the ticker symbol. Uh, P E Double B. Peb. Right, good stuff. Thanks for your time then, Neil. Not at all. Thanks very much. Good stuff. Don't forget, you can access more great content, including Master Investor Magazine, at masterinvestor.co.uk. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can support us by hitting the subscribe button and by leaving a review. If you've got any suggestions about who you'd like us to interview or topics you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at infomasterinvestor.co.uk. Thanks for listening.